0: The Craggy Rugby Podcast It's the midweek edition Prior to the INAH home match I've got William Davis On the line Hello Alan Hi William You're at the um, Press conference today Where it was Nigel Carolyn And Connor Carey What did they have to say For themselves
1: Um. Yeah It was uh, We had a good chat slightly longer chat Than normal Probably with uh, with The two lads Which you'll hear uh, Momentarily um, Nigel Saying the right things about Saturday, you know, they, they're not counting their chickens. They reckon it'll be a fairly tough game. Although I think there's an acceptance that Onya mightn't bring their strongest side over. They've nothing to play for, they've got problems in their own league. Um, still, I think there's a degree of disappointment, and uh, they haven't maybe quite worked out yet what went wrong on Saturday in terms of why they were so slow to start against Worcester which is really what cost them the game. You can talk about all sorts of other things, uh, you know, yellow cards and decisions and failure to execute, but it really was the, the free 12 points they handed up when they, they were playing as if they were still on the on the bus going to the ground. That cost them. But uh, they're all set for Saturday. Um, we'll be talking about the injury list as well. That's slightly extended now, but um, they seem pretty confident that they're, that they're ready to go. Uh, they're expecting a tough... Physical battle, but uh, here's Nigel Carolyn and Conor Carey. Nigel, when you've uh, reviewed Saturday, what's the, what's the, where do you, where do you feel now? Because the team afterwards didn't seem to know whether they were happy or unhappy or where they actually were in terms of of that performance and the result. Yeah, I
2: think uh, look, we're still sort of reflecting on it. It's still. Um it could be a little bit head scratching how we started so badly. I mean when we look back on the in the review, it was a couple of just defensive blips, a couple of loose kicks in behind us that we didn't deal with and um you know, I think even the the players were a little bit shell shocked behind. But I think what's most pleasing is is how they recovered. Um I think much like Breve when we were nineteen three down, um it just shows where the where this group of players are. I mean they they didn't panic, they um you know they set their mind on the next task and you know we got we got a score on the board I mean things go against you again we had two players in the cinnamon but again they didn't panic I think this they played some some great rugby with 13 players in the pitch um you know and I think it it it, it sort of um it put us in a good position to you know for that second half and and for that comeback and I think that was probably the most important element but certainly after six minutes we would have taken a draw um but as the game went on, I think we had a couple of chances at the end of the game, which we were disappointed that maybe we didn't capitalise on.
1: Yeah, was there a bit of a feeling that it was similar to the Leinster game, and that uh, it, different because that was a was was really last minute up on the line. But there was just a little bit of inaccuracy there. The ball fell off the back of a driving maul, and it just you had the time to win that game, and you had more time to do it, and it didn't work.
2: Yeah, it didn't, and that's where you know I think it's you know where we're sort of most disappointed. It's not necessarily in the first six minutes. There was a couple of loose kicks there, but at the end, I thought we were in control. Um, you know, and we had a couple of set pieces that um, you know we were inaccurate, and, um, and and that's where you know obviously the lads have have, have been busy reviewing and, and ensuring that you know we, we try and eliminate that
1: part of our game. Just looking at the way the substitutes have been used in, in the Leinster game and that one. Only four subs used. So you've played with nineteen. Is is that a deliberate policy? Because it's it's unusual in modern rugby. It's it's generally <coughs> 22, 23 man game now, irrespective of, of what the, what's happening in the game. Have is this a, is this a policy change just to say we're going to play guys for eighty minutes?
2: No, we don't come in with the intention of playing eighty. But um, you know, our S and C staff have done an excellent job. We've um, an extremely well conditioned side. I think you can see that in the. In the the low level of um, you know soft tissue injuries, guys are they're in good nick. Uh, we train at, at a very high intensity, and I said uh, you know there's a lot of science um, in the background of um, you know and in, into how we train. Um, so I think our players are very well prepared. Um, I think you know when we looked at some of the substitutes that we potentially were going to bring on, some of the players are finishing particularly strongly. I mean we still had Owen Griffin on the bench. When we had two centres that were that we're still um, bursting with energy. We had a restart with a couple of minutes to go and Tom Farrell runs half the length of the field. I think you know, it's, there's signs there that the, you know, we don't want to make changes for the sake of changes. We found that you know, when you make wholesale changes, it can disrupt the, the flow of a team. So, uh, while guys are still performing, I think um, you know, for us it's about keeping the flow and, and ensuring that those guys are given the chance to, to close out.
1: And two yellow cards, and then one in the in the previous game. Quinn Rue up twice on that. Uh, Is that just one of those things? I I, it's a long. I can't actually remember the last time Connacht had two guys in the bin at the same time. I'm sure it's happened at least once. But it's they actually after half time, they really galvanised themselves. They had about five minutes to play, with thirteen men, and it was there was a real plan in place to deal with it. I think Worcester weren't quite sure what to do. Yeah, look at
2: at half time it gave us um with four or five minutes of with you know, thirteen players just before half time. So um, you know, unfortunately during that time we conceded a try, so at least they had a that a chance to you know, to regroup and speak about it at half time which they did and it was very much kind of look at for the next five minutes, let's not take unnecessary risks. Um, I still think what was pleasing we got more pitch position and with thirteen players, I think Craig he made a call with a four man line out that hit and, and a return to the back to the short side and um you know, we we nearly got a score off it. So, um I I think sort of he he managed the game particularly well there. It was lowish risk. Um, you know, we squeezed a couple of penalties out of them. Um and what it sort of do gave us sort of confidence. I think we, we got back on top mentally in the in the game and, and um you know I think when we restored to 15 players I think it it galvanized us and it it allowed us to to kick on and, and stay on
1: top. Looking ahead to the weekend, um, it must be well it's very tempting to say that Onya have nothing to play for and they're bottom of the top 14 and they're not they're going to turn up here and not be very interested, but you you can't the players' management you've got to just treat this as as hard a game as ever There's the, and certainly you need a better start than last Saturday. you can't you gotta come out and be focused from minute one. Yeah, I think um I think any time Conath
2: have been you know, maybe a little bit complacent and at the start. We've we've suffered on the scoreboard and, you know, you go back to maybe the Ulster game we started well, we've picked off some scores and we went on to dominate. Um, you know, maybe the Munster game and, and Leinster. We had a lot of chances start of the game which we didn't take. Um and it, it certainly made life a little bit hard for us. So we know that we need to start, you know, er Regardless of what team I send over, um, you know, we plan on having a very professional performance. I um, know the weather looks to close in, and and we just got to deal with, um, deal with whatever they throw at us. But you know, at home we've we've a good record. We're looking forward to to being at home again in, in front of a, a noisy crowd. And and our guys get a real kick off that the last game was was Ulster, and and again that ended really positively. The game before that was brave, and again it was a, a polished performance. So, um, you know, we expect nothing less on Saturday. And, um, you know, we've, we've a strong deck of, of cards to pick from. And, and um, we're certainly
1: going to go at it from the start. There's a potential if all the results on Friday night and on very early on Saturday morning in Tbilisi were to go in a particular way that you might have to <coughs> win by a certain number of points, which would add to the excitement. But is that a dangerous? thing as well that you can overplay then if you're told right win by 52 points and there's another prize on the table do you are you looking at that or is it only people like the media that look at that no we couldn't uh, we can't afford to do that but
2: you know anything can happen i mean the way we we prepared for brief at home um was we prepared for you know to maybe Pull ahead, or maybe kick on in the last twenty minutes, but again we we set an early dominance and and we kicked on from there, so we can only focus on having a good start and and from there, anything can happen but look we 're aware of of the the connotations, but if we go out and think that we 're going to be the the Harlem Globetrotters and it's it 's going to look going to look out for itself. I think we could be in for a a tough a tough day at the office. these are a real physical side they 've got some serious players um you know. Whatever side they can send over, they, you know they still have to be registered for for Europe. So they're not going to send just the kids. They can't just pick players up from the street and, and expect them to turn up. They're still going to have to be registered players for this competition. So be it the front line or second line, we're going to have to deal with whatever they throw at us.
1: Connor, you're into, into your second season here now. And you started the last two games. Are you starting to feel that you're settling into the whole pattern of Connacht.
3: Yeah, I felt like uh, last year I kind of got into it a bit and then I got injured and then... Coming back the start of this year, I probably wasn't as fit as I should have been. So I kind of worked on that over the last couple of months and been getting a few more opportunities. And then the last few games have gone well. And yeah, just getting a few more opportunities and I'm enjoying it. I'm able to move well and my set piece is going well. So yeah, I'm happy. And just uh, alluded to the fact that have you ever have you played any French teams before? Yeah, we played uh, played Toulouse last year, played in both brief games and they're always big physical men, they're going to come at you up front so we have to be kind of, have our bit of wits about us in scrum time, all time because they're going to go at us, that's where they try and win games, that's what the French League's about. So we've kind of come up with a plan this week to counteract that and go at them.
1: Well, certainly in the game in Geneva, they uh it was like eight-man rugby. Their backs never got. Their backs never saw the ball at all. And it's—is uh, that a particular mental challenge then? If is it just the physicality that you have to be switched switched on all the time to it? Um,
3: I think the way the last five games have kind of gone because you've had three interpros and then Europe—they're always more physical. Like the interpros always bring a bit more bite, and then you're playing against a huge English team as well. So I think we're ready for that physicality over the last f- few weeks and. We've been working on it with Pete and like oh, we we were going well. We, we had maybe a blip in the Munster game, where we fell off. But we're happy where we are physically. We don't think anyone's gonna kind of bully us, and like against Ulster, I think we went out and bullied them.
1: And there's, there's been a lot of talk about the strength and conditioning here has, has changed this season, and it's they're coming at it from a different way. Have, have you noticed that about the actual science behind what you're doing?
3: Yeah, Dave Howard's definitely different from what I've ever worked with. He's kind of been in America for a long time, so he's kind of got that American buzz. And but the training, like yeah, it's different to what we've done. It's a lot more. We did a lot of metabolic conditioning, a lot more strength-based stuff than last year when we would have ran a lot more. Um, So I think physically we'd be a bit more conditioned. I think everyone, everyone's kind of upped it as well. So it's pushing everyone around us, and the energy and training and the intensity of training is definitely higher than I've ever been involved with.
1: And is, is that more enjoyable to do something different? Is that is, is that a good challenge?
3: I think change is always good at times. Like, you get stagnant times that um, you, when you get used to it, you kind of want change, but I think we change it up a lot as well. Like, the drills are always different. Um, you never know what the team's going to be, so there is always a competitive edge.
0: Okay, that's um good stuff and a nice nice long chat you had there.
1: Yeah, um, Connor's a good talker. Uh, I find most prop forwards are pretty uh, pretty good when you're talking to them. Um, they're obviously they're a little three-man front row team within the forward team within the team of fifteen, and even the way they work with the the three substitutes that are on the bench. I think they really have to communicate a lot with each other uh, on the field of play at all times. So, yeah, it was good, and um, look, let, let's, let's be realistic. They, if Connacht don't win on Saturday, there's going to be one hell of an inquiry uh, required. It's going to be one of the biggest surprises. Um, but it's a matter of taking control of the game and just doing the right things and if we, when we look at the permutations of who they might play there are possibilities for having to win by a certain number of points to get yourself further up the seeding rankings that probably is something coaches don't want to think about but they'll have to acknowledge it if that position is in front of them if say there's a, a different seeding available for for beating onya by 38 points or 42 points or whatever it is at some stage you have to take that on board but the first job is establish yourself in the game, and then go on and win the game.
0: Exactly, exactly. So yeah, big one on Saturday. But before we get to to talk about that, let's have a quick look at the injury list because um, we we got the injury updates today. Um, we got some some bad news. Because um, Finley Beelam is is out with a knee injury, um, two to three weeks. Uh, according to the piece of paper here, um, you also have Jared Butler fractured his hand um, and won't be back till mid-February. So I suppose we're we're quite lucky. There's only really one game between now and then, possibly two uh, before he gets back. Um,
1: yeah, I, I think it's not too bad. I mean, Finley Beelam we knew on Saturday they're talking about two to three weeks more from now. Right now, whether that's whether he's coming back to training or whether that's when he's going to be available, uh, isn't immediately clear jared um, Butler mid-February that would suggest he mightn't be available for the first Pro 14 game in February uh, all the internationals are available this weekend whether they be selected or not I don't know um, uh, Bundy got a bad hematoma on his hip but apparently that's now cleared up uh, and in a little joking aside after the press conference uh, I said to Nigel and he's all set to cover number 8 as well uh, <laughs> because he did actually pick the ball up very well at the back of that scrum, uh, but he did then run rather faster than the forwards could keep up with, and nearly got isolated. Yeah, <laughs> they were. He. Know, he went off at high speed with the pack sort of chasing after him. Um, but he's—I uh, think he's ready to go. I—I—I I, I don't know. They—they they never say they—they—they they, they don't will not discuss. I have a feeling he might be on the bench for Saturday. I think. They, you might have to have a heavy, some heavy hitters on your bench in case it goes a little bit awry. Um, Peter Robb received hamstring injury, so he's out for up to months, which is disappointing for him because he's had no sort of a season at all. Keen uh, Kelleher played against Worcester and has come through uh, after his head injury. Stacey Ely had a head injury uh, playing for the... Uh, so he's having return to play protocols. So overall we've actually gone on to a second page for the first time this season of injuries. But a lot of the guys that are on the list are coming back. Owen McKeown, uh, James Conley's ready to go again, Sean O'Brien. So we were expecting those so this break comes at a great time for Connick. They're gonna have they're gonna have a three week playing break from Saturday night to the next game is is nearly three weeks. They are actually training for half of next week and then they have a little bit of a break there. They're still working them pretty hard. They're still working at stuff. But it's a good time and it gives you that little bit more time to rehabilitate.
0: It does, yeah, because you're looking at Dennis Buckley coming back in February. You're looking at um, Pat O'Toole, who we haven't been mentioning because he hasn't actually played, but he's the backup hooker. He's due back in mid-February as well. James Cannon is back, uh, which is good news. Slightly bad news, slightly worse news is Andrew Brown has had a minor setback and he won't be back till February. But again, you're looking at all these February dates, which is which is really good. Um, well, else? in you know, Jake. Well, we know about Jake, and you got Steve Crosby will be out till the end of January. So here's another one that that's going to be coming back. Um, so yeah, we're looking at it's quite a long list, but there's been a few returns in that list, and there's a lot of guys going to be coming back in the next three weeks. So. As always, it's it's looking good.
1: Yeah, slightly slight concern probably is where you get game time for these lads because uh, the B and I Cup um, Connacht A against Rotherham Titans on Friday night at Corinthian Park, the seven o'clock kickoff. Uh, we'll have I'll be doing reports and updates on that on Galway BFM, and we'll also be following the powell Gloucester match during that. Just to see where that game is going in, in terms of the, the Challenge Cup. But that's the last ever B&I Cup game. Yeah. It's a competition that's coming to an end. Um, Connacht could have a situation where they have a lot of players suddenly looking for game time, because a lot of them are coming back from fairly long injury breaks. They can be rehabilitated back into training, but it's the difficulty of bringing them straight back into to Pro 14 action. Um I suppose some of them could go play a little bit of A. I. L. It it worked quite well for Owen Masterson last year. But it's something that'll have to be that they'll have to come up with a plan yeah. next season that mm. that players get players get game time. I, I don't know what the plan is. I know the B and I Cup was a competition that uh it never really it never really floated anybody's boat. Munster did pretty well out of it. Um it didn't have a great reputation. At times there was some Thrashings handed out. Connacht have had a couple this season by the Trailfinders. They've had two pretty bad games there, but it is it, it does provide an opportunity for players to play. And some somewhere along the lines before the start of next season, players need will they have to go with some players need players need to play. They've got big. It's great having a big squad, but they can't all just sit around. Nope. there's only 23 on a match day you can't have a situation where there's other guys just stagnating just training just training because no matter how skilled they are they have to play at at the pitch and and the speed of of an actual match
0: they certainly do and we saw that with Craig Ronaldson seemed to take a little bit of time to get up to speed at playing at 10 because he hadn't played there for three years nearly so it does take time and no matter how much training you do and no matter how much you like to train at match intensity it's never quite the same um, so let's talk about the weekend coming up and and what we need to do because our our match is almost not the most interesting part of it uh, because we're we're expecting to win we're expecting Oyenya who are at the bottom of the table and don't have anything to play for uh, coming over on a wet windy day in the in the sports ground cause it, which it, at the moment that's what the forecast is you can't imagine them putting up a huge amount of. Um, Resistance, so you're expecting Connacht to to get a win and get the win that they need. So the the important games to look out for, because the permutations are still quite large even at this stage. But the important games to look out for are the one you mentioned, Gloucester against Pow. Um, that's in Pool Three at the moment. Power on 24 points and Gloucester are on 21. Um, if Pau win, um, get any sort of win, I don't think anything Connacht can do will. No, Connacht. That means Connacht definitely won't have a top two spot. So, we'd be looking for Gloucester to win that. Uh, and then Connacht will know how many points they will have to beat Ionia um, by to ensure they finished above Gloucester. Then, the other really important game from a, our point of view is the Edinburgh Stad game, where Edinburgh are currently on 24 points in Pool 4. Um, Stad do have a little bit to play for, but not a whole heck of a lot, apart from the fact they're at home. So, if Edinburgh win, again, it knocks our chance of getting a top 2 spot. If Stad win, it means Connacht have a very good chance of top 2. You've got Newcastle playing away to NSI over in Georgia, even though NSI are from Siberia. Uh, they're on 23 points, but that would be an expected win, even though NSI have won games there before, when they were important games, from what I can tell. Um, they've caught people on the hop, but never when never won the others needed a, a result, so I'd expect Newcastle to win that game. Cardiff will be fifth seeds, because uh, they're they're just too far behind to get any better than where they are. They, you know, So they're going to be fifth seeds from Pool 2, and are one of the possible... Teams that Connacht will play, um, and then you well, That's, that's like,
1: probably that's probably the side we don't want to play. Actually, absolutely, yeah. Um, look, they, Connacht. Connacht will win on Saturday. If they don't, as I say, I don't, I don't know where we go. But Connacht yeah. will win Saturday. They'll have a home quarter final at Easter. Um, personally, I would prefer if they were playing a French side. I think Cardiff have a very good record at the sports ground. They're used to beating us. They're a side we owe, yeah. we owe a lot of beatings to. Yeah. Um, but fortunately they've been in- involved in a very odd group, um, very low quality group, um, where th- they can actually top the group with 17 points. Yeah. If they if they lose on, fr- I mean that's a bit of an oddity. But the the, the five group winners qualify, but f- only four of them get the homes home quarter final.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so it's looking like it, it's it's going to be the only French team we can meet, because it'd have to be one weird set of results for Stad to get through, and we meet them. Um, but the only team we can really meet are, are probably Pow, um, so we'd be. That's why that Gloucester Pow game is very important to us. Um, the other team we can meet again are Gloucester. Um, then you're looking at two Pro fourteen teams in Cardiff and Edinburgh. There's an outside chance we'd meet Newcastle, but I don't think that's that's going to happen. But the games the games apart from ours that are of real interest are. That Gloucester game and the the Edinburgh game. there you know, one is before it, one is one is after it. So the last game of the weekend is that Stad Edinburgh game. It's on television's on BT Sports, um and the, the Gloucester one is on Sky Sports, so it is possible to, to be able to get to view those games. Um but uh yeah, let's let's hope for a win at the weekend. Because we're not on television. The Conic game's not on television, so it'll be Rob and Joe uh, to half two kick off, but the live stream will be on from quarter past two on Galway Bay FM with the live match from two two thirty. Is that right?
1: That's right. Yeah, on FM from two thirty, and uh, if it's well, it's not. It might not be a nice afternoon, but wrap up well. It's January. Come up to the sports ground. An opportunity for people to come along and uh, enjoy. Which should be an interesting afternoon, and hopefully a very successful one for Connacht.
0: It should indeed, that's great, thanks William. Thanks Alan. We'll talk again soon.